johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. We are back for another edition of Sports Insider Radio, live from Las Vegas and Baltimore simultaneously. Let's talk about, since we have just you and it's the John and Mike show, literally, and we said live from Las Vegas and Baltimore. How was that Baltimore Raven game? You finally got off the schneid. You broke the curse. I think the last four home games you went to, they went down in flames. And you actually walked out a winner. Tell me about that from a fanfare point of view. No gambling talk. Um, well, I wouldn't go as as far as saying that I'm a curse. Um, the games that I've been to were incredibly tight. I mean, last year when I went, you know, there's, I think there's three games that I won. So I wouldn't say myself, but, yes, some of the, the latest – outbreaks of the games that I've went have been heartbreakers, but at the end of the day, it's early in the season. September is always extremely volatile with a lot of these teams because they don't really play a preseason. Some teams come out the gate really hot. Some teams like the Ravens are still trying to figure things out. I knew we had the talent, but it's just, when can we actually get all our players healthy and play? And we still didn't have a full roster. Bateman was hurt. So obviously with that, in that being said, there was a lot of pressure on Mark Andrews to be the number one target, which he normally is, but Bateman does give the offense more flexibility. We have a deep ball guy, so without him, it was much harder for Lamar to find open receivers, but it was a grinded-out type of game. Um, you know, Coming from a standpoint of a fan, it was extremely exciting to watch the game. It was completely the opposite of the week before with the Bills game where I felt like 90% of the stadium was Ravens fans for the Bengals game, while it, it seemed like there was Bills fans everywhere. I mean, they travel exceptionally well, and I get to give it up to them for doing that. Um, but primarily the game went as scripted. That's why the line was three. Um, you know, a lot of the sharp books that we deal with love the Bengals. They also love them on the money line. But again, they're, all they're doing is they're finding edges and they're trying to lock up the spread early. So, you know, from a standpoint of a fan, great performance, always tough division to be able to play and be efficient 
and and win close games because last year that team, the Bengals, Jamar Chase and Burrow single-handedly destroyed us. I mean, they had Jamar Chase had over 200 yards in one game. Burrow had over 900 yards passing in both games last year. So for them to shut him down and only allow the checkdowns was finally a good defensive scheme. The first four games of the season, the defensive scheme has been extremely outcoached. I felt like the new defensive coordinator, McDonald, has been outcoached coming from Michigan and coming to the Ravens. I didn't know if he had the capability of being to make halftime adjustments and still produce a good defensive scheme. And and for once, I'm now seeing some hope. We have both of our all-pro corners that were playing at a very high level with Peters finally getting his sea legs back and Humphreys healthy. So out of the game, the, the one takeaway is we did lose a very key part Marcus Williams is on the IR. He's not out for the season, but he dislocated his wrist, which means the young guys have to step up. We have safeties. We drafted a safety. Well, now it's time for him to step up. So I don't foresee it being a much bigger issue, but obviously taking a playmaker and a guy that's got three interceptions on the year, which is leading um, the NFL out of the game, it it is a big deal. So it's interesting to see, but we have a big test already with the Giants this upcoming weekend. I believe the Giants are the real deal. I I know that Dave's not doing the show with us today, so I'm going to go out on a limb and give out my free pick early because we are talking about the Ravens. I love the Giants getting the points at home. I do believe the Ravens will win the game, but it's not going to be as easy as they think. And the Giants are a tough team. They just beat the Packers in London. They're playing exceptionally well. They have a good defense. They have a good coach. Barkley's healthy, and and Jones is playing really well, and and they're covering games. So um, I do think it's going to be a lot harder than what the the odds makers think because they obviously made the line five and a half, six. But I'm all over the Giants as my free pick, and I'm not saying that to be – obviously, as a homer, I usually would go the other way or lay off the game completely. But I just love the points in this, and I, I think it's a great opportunity if the line goes to six, six and a half, to just keep hammering the game because I just don't see the Ravens blowing them out. Well, you know, first of all, it's great to, I literally could, I think, not say anything. And I think you could sit here for an hour and just dissect the Ravens. That's amazing. So if if you're ever looking for alternative occupation, they could always hire you at the local stadium and you could just be like one of the announcers because you could go on and on forever, which is an amazing talent. And so it's good to be a fan in that aspect. What I will say is I agree with you because the rule of five, is, and for everybody that's watching me on, um, on YouTube right now, streaming the radio show live, I have the DB screen up and I have the line move, the opening line move. A lot of people ask me when the lines come out on the games. You can see the line came out um, on the game yesterday. Let's see, at 6.23 p.m., five and a half. It is flat, five and a half, and fives everywhere. It has not moved. And as you know, if you watch my YouTube channel, I talk about systems that have nothing to do with emotion that are what we call auto bet situations. And the rule always is auto betting a plus five, never laying five. And the reason why is it's too easy for that team that's five. Mike is basically being greedy with his prognostication because he wants to have his cake and he wants to eat it too. I know exactly what he wants. He wants to bet on the Giants plus five and he wants the Ravens to win by three, which with 
happens more often than not when a team is laying five. The line makers are basically telling you the team is better than a field goal, but not worth a touchdown. So a lot of times you'll see people that especially get burnt laying the five. Most of the time, when I go back in my recent memory data bank, the team that lays the five, I would say over 60% of the time wins the game and doesn't cover. We're only talking about the NFL. We're not talking about college. So just to defer back to you, and then we'll move on to other things. I think you're being greedy. You can let the listeners know if you're being greedy. You want to bet the Giants plus five, and you want the Ravens to win by three. Correct? No. I just want the Ravens to win, and I want to get the cover. That's what Simple I just said. That. You want the Ravens to win by you're you're we making said they win them by three. I mean they could win by one, two, three. Well, but when four. you have someone like Tucker, it's too easy for when you have Tucker. Yeah, but it does, if you automatically four, you know you you have an extra three than whenever than everybody. But that's else. not that, that's not how it works because if they're down, if, if, if the field goal only matters if it's within a field goal reach. At the end of the day, if the Giants are the scenario, it could be a lot of different scenarios, but. If if the Ravens are up four, well, then the Giants are not going to go for a field goal. It's the reverse. If they're going to win by four, they're going to win by four. If it's three, it's the other way that it matters for Tucker. But if they're already up and they're up two points or they're up a point, at the end of the day, the, the Giants are going to go for a field goal. I could literally see them winning by a point or two or even four. It, it, it doesn't really matter about the actual logic of how we're going to get to the end. I do believe the Ravens are going to grit it out and win the game from a fan perspective, but I just, I love the points at home. I love the opportunity to get that. And right now I'm still, what we do from our standpoint, so you guys could understand the listeners, we have not bet the game yet. I'm just giving you my opinion of a free play that we do every single week. What we monitor here is, the adjustments in the line. We may bet this game at post because the public may continuously sway the line in our favor. We're going to keep hammering games to get the best number. And over a large sample size, as you all know, the ones that are on the channels, Dave had an exceptional weekend. The mentorship channel had a winning Saturday and Sunday. Oh, I'm going to go Dave, over all those numbers in a minute. Yeah, Dave um, had an exceptional Saturday and Sunday. It's not a mystery. Well, Dave's not handicapping games, John. He's not sitting here telling us so, that he likes the team. He likes the right. price. And so before we get to that, that and what we can offer the clients that are listening, um, let's talk about – let's break down some of these games just because we have a little more time today to do this. Let's talk – first of all, what's the one team in the NFL that is perfect against the spread, Mike? Do you know? I don't. The Atlanta Falcons are 5-0 ATS. They're the only undefeated team against the spread. They are a perfect 5-0 against the spread. They have not, not covered a game this season. And there are no teams that are over, meaning on the losing side, there's you have one, two, three, four, five. Uh, I'll just read them to you. Washington, Minnesota, Denver, the Rams, and Carolina are all one and four. Um, but you have no, nobody that's like hasn't covered at least one game. Uh, back to the second uh, most profitable team in the NFL, which is the Giants. They are 4-1 and one 
the, uh, and they hold that same spot with Dallas, which is four and one, the Chargers, which are four and one. Our Baltimore Ravens are two, two and one, tied with the Chicago Bears, the Bears, two, two and one, and the New England Patriots, two, two and one. So you have three teams that are literally dead 50%. Um, let's look real quick since we talked about that Atlanta game. Let's look at Atlanta and see again what the early number is. A lot of these games are lit up in red. Atlanta is at home. You ready? The line opened up at six and a half is now down to five and a half because early money saw that. And let's talk about that game. That's a one o'clock game where a West Coast team from San Francisco flies to the East Coast. They play in Atlanta and they are Atlanta undefeated two and three straight up five and oh ATS. Same situation as the Giants getting five and a half at home. What do you think about that game? I mean, I really don't have an opinion on the game. Uh, I, I still am tracking the weekend lines. I know Dave um, and myself have only got down on two games so far for the weekend. And and last week, it was the reverse. I mean, we had a lot of NFL plays already in play by this time last week. So it just – the market always dictates how we're going to approach each week. I think most right. people and in this – go ahead. No, go ahead, continue. I said the market usually dictates it. So what does that mean to the casual better? Well, the casual better is never looking at games early in the week. The casual better is worried about tonight's card. Just like I had a client who is a, already a Vegas Ringers subscriber. He gets all of Dave's plays independently in the high-volume system. And he's texting me at 6 o'clock last night asking me about the baseball game because he has to bet it. And it's at some point – I mean, he could have just went to my YouTube channel and watched it for free, but go ahead. I'm just joking. Well, the, what he's not truly understanding is we're only giving out games based on price. We're following the market and doing market-edge plays where we're getting positive expected value out of the play. How do we do that? Well, it's not easy. We have a whole mentorship course that we teach people how to do it on their own. Basically, you get to pick Dave's brain. You get to pick my brain, and I, I explain to you how to do it yourself. Otherwise, if you don't have the time, you don't have the hours in the day to sit there and monitor game lines all day, every day, and treat it like 100% your only income in your business, well, we have the option, which is be on Telegram, get all the early releases, get all of Dave's plays, play high volume, play the consensus of all of our alternate groups, including Dave, that agree on the same game. All of these products produce a very good long-term result. I say long-term because I know for a fact we do this for a living and are successful at it. The guys that are trying to scalp the markets and get those Prize picks is what I call them, where they, they only want the game that's going to be a sure winner tonight, tonight only. And I could just never understand that the psychology of a gambler will never change for eternity. He's simply in it for the quick, get-rich-quick selection versus going, all right, I'm going to trade this like I do with my sink or swimmer count. I'm not going to overvalue each position. I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to do this long-term, and I'm going to see how it pans out over a course of a six-month season. 
And it's so hard to get these guys to be truly devoted to what we offer because the guys that are like the guys that are our mentorship clients. I mean, you, I know you get a lot of good feedback from your YouTube channel where guys are coming to you and saying, man, you've taught me so much without even charging me because you do it for completely free. So if you're new and you're listening to the show for the first time, go to John's YouTube channel. He'll explain to you how to get there. It's the Syndicate Insider on YouTube. Call us. Give us a call after the show. We'll gladly give you the YouTube channel. It's completely free. The guys that are successful, I say this time and time again, are the ones that educate themselves on how to be a successful sports trader long-term, just like in anything else in life. I wouldn't go into the crypto market completely blind. Yeah, some guys, you know, make money off of the, you know, the TikTok stock of the week or the TikTok, you know, crypto of the day. And some people get rich. And listen, I just got a text message from our our good friend David W. in Tampa Bay, Florida. Um, He said, have Mike explain variants on the air. And uh, so maybe you can discuss the whole concept of variance and basically the roller coaster ride. And uh... well, at the end of the day, when we're it's a great question, Dave, by the way, Um, the, the variance piece is always the hardest for a client to understand, because he usually when it's losing, the emotions get in the way of of the long term trading approach. What what happens in the long run is we have goals and quotas that we expect our accounts to reach by the end of the season. Do we think it's going to be a linear line that's going to constantly produce? Absolutely not. But what Dave has proven time and time again in Colorado is he is going to chase money and he's going to chase the line on every single selection. And he's going to get a two or three point advantage on every single game that he's putting in. What does that transpire to be? And what am I getting to? Well, the fact is, when you're getting a two- to three-point edge, how many times do you see a game go down to the wire and it lands on the number within a point, especially on totals? It's like we say this time and time again. Wow, how did they know it was going to be 58? It landed on 59 or it landed on 57. They, do you think the odds makers are doing this with a pencil every day when they're putting out the line, it's all algorithms. It's all automatic. So how do we beat the algorithm? You have to go into it with an approach of chasing the right price on a game and seeing where the sharps are getting down their money. We know when Circa, who is one of the sharpest books in Las Vegas, when there's a large money play and the line moves two to three points, we know that some sharp is getting down a lot of money on that particular game like Dave told us with a NFL game that was already released. Well, FanDuel and DraftKings, you can't monitor those books because what happens is they are recreational books. They don't back winners out. So you can't follow the money with DraftKings and FanDuel. You have to follow the money with Pinnacle, Bet Chris, or Circa. If you have that screen in front of you, now you're going to have the variance is always going to come. Because even though we have a position that we feel strongly about on that play, that game will absolutely lose. Or win. So let, let, me, no, let, let me go, go ahead. ahead. 
You have to follow the money long term. And if you have the right process in place, variance is part of it. You're going to have losing weeks. But if you constantly get your money in good long term, you will have a positive return. It's just as simple as that. Right. And when, it, when you look at like the video that I did on my YouTube channel for guys that have already watched, it said 76% return this weekend. I took the two days and I just compartmentalized them because I think there's a big mistake of when people talk about risk. First of all, variance and volatility. I'm, I'm, I just Googled something because I wanted to see what came up. Variance and volatility, they're, they're twins. I, ironically, I'm a twin, so I can use this metaphor. Uh, they're twins. They're twin brothers. So the difference is variance measures how much of, a, of your money you should spread out on an asset and what are the returns likely to be over time. So, for instance, as Dave is just texting, between a 4% return to a 7% return on the principal capital that you put through the system over time. Dave, as he said in the Spencer video, for every basically million dollars he puts through a system, he's trying to make 7%. And so that's over time. Volatility is the brother of variance. Volatility is what is the, uh, the, the, the up and down of the chart over a shorter period of time. And so volatility, variance is brother's volatility. Volatility measures how much returns deviate from an average over a set period of time. We know long-term the variance plays out that you're going to make 4 to 7% for every dollar you put through the system, if you do it correctly and you're getting the best of the number. That has nothing to do with volatility. Volatility means you could have one week where you get absolutely crushed on a percentage loss. I don't mean crushed as crushing your bankroll. So when I did the, the video on, on Sunday, it was very telling because a lot of people – the way we recommend you do it is you're risking 1% per trade. Don't care about what shape the ball is. Don't care whether it's football, basketball, hockey, blah, blah, blah. It's all a bunch of nonsense. Somebody messaged me and said, you know, it's the only sports radio talk show that I listen to where you never really talk about games other than your free picks. Yeah, because it's not, like I say in my YouTube videos, it, it has no meaning. The games are nothing more than short-term options, stock trades, futures trades. Crypto trades. I lost that uh, uh, Seattle game yesterday with a walk-off where you rubbed it into Dave privately because <laughs> Dave's from Seattle. He's a fan. Johan or whoever hit the walk-off home run. People are texting me. I didn't even watch the game. You know that, Mike. I don't care. It's just part of the puzzle, right? So when you look for a listener out there, I still think the hardest thing is the risk-reward and how they actually do their math, what I call fuzzy math. As I said, Dave had 47 plays in two days, Saturday and Sunday of last week. Now, most people will say they can't handle the volume of 47 plays, but that is just statistically not true. What it is is they don't want to play a small amount of money on 47 plays. They want the bangers, which are basically what you have the mentorship channel for, where you only had eight games in the same 48-hour period of time. So again, you know, for listeners out there, there's two ways to skin a cat. You have a lot of clients that skin this, uh, that do both. You're talking about 47 plays in a 48-hour period versus eight plays in a 48-hour period. The results, 
I mentioned on the YouTube channel. I'm not going to mention them on the radio show because they don't matter. It wouldn't matter whether they won. It wouldn't matter whether they lost. It just doesn't matter. That's the variance. The volatility is how you did in a week. That matters. And I think that a lot of people misuse the word variance. Dave asked, so we'll answer a little dive deeper. Volatility is the definition of your variance in a short-term period of time. Long-term, even if you have a strategy that's profitable, it has nothing to do with the short-term volatility, not short-term variance. A lot of times, even when Dave's on the radio show, and I'll say a couple of years ago, like he went on this little bad stretch and whatever, like when I say bad stretch, two weeks of losing. And he said, yeah, bad variance for the last two weeks. Technically, if you want to split hairs, Mike, with a vocabulary, it's not variance, it's, it's volatility. Most clients that don't trade the financial markets can't handle volatility because they're not betting 1% of their bankroll. They're betting 30, 40, 50, 60%. So for all you guys that want to find out how the, vol the volatility did last in the Saturday and Sunday of last week, when you go and you watch the 76% return video and I break down the numbers on YouTube, that's volatility, not variance. And there has to be a line in the sand where defining your time frame because, again, the problem is that when you have credit shops and when you have post-up shops and when you have all these legal sports books, the biggest issue that I see is not the credit guys that are old school guys, Mike. It's the guys that post up and they're underfunded and they only put a couple grand in their account and then they think that they're going to parlay their ways to riches. And what happens is you have people that like I have a gentleman in Toronto, Canada, he's probably listening to this radio show right now, that um, I'm going to have a call with when we get off air. The problem is most people don't understand how easy this is. And when I say it's easy, I don't mean picking winners. I am a student of, of watching marketing in this industry. And I go online and I watch and everything is short-term volatility marketing, not variance marketing. Nobody really wants to do the work. There's a client on my underdog channel in baseball, Mike. He texted me last night. He says, what's the deal for basketball? I said, well, but I gave him, I quoted him the fee as per what he bets and how much he risks per game. And he's like, can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it in a payment plan? I said, well, why would you need to do it in a payment plan? You, you've been making, you made money the entire baseball season. You know what he said to me, Mike? You had a couple bad days back in the beginning of April, so I stopped following them. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I like okay, that's that's volatility. You had a couple bad days in April, so I stopped even looking at the channel. And this is the stuff that you can't you can't make up. I said, well, what about the Rockies last week on Monday and the Rockies last week on Tuesday and Oakland on Thursday and making 3.6 units last week playing baseball, all underdogs? And he was like, I didn't even look at the channel. So th this is what the, the constant fight. The fight is with the guy in the mirror wagering on the games. It really has nothing to do. I, I'm, I, I really believe that most people, and again, this is negative, and, I, and it's probably not uh, advantageous to share, but you've got to share the reality. I think – most people enjoy losing more than they do winning. The dopamine receptors go up. The anxiety goes up. The sitting on the edge of your seat on the last play of the game goes up. Obviously, everybody remembers a bad beat. There's a whole segment on ESPN about it. Nobody remembers 
the wins. They last for about 20 minutes, then on to the next game. What do you got? Let's reload. And so I think what happens is that when you look at a Saturday where there's, I mean, Dave had whatever, how many games of that 28-18, he only had, I think, six games on set. Most of his action was in college football is if you were sitting there and you're monitoring and following that throughout the entire day, and you're just going to make the short-term analysis of where you stand in game, in action. It's just a waste of time. Um, and you look, let's be honest, Mike, you're guilty. You track 50 accounts every minute of every day where you could log in and they're blood red. And then at the end of the day, you log back in and they're green, right? Oh yeah. All the time. And even you, you don't, your heart rate goes up when you see the blood red, right? Even though, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to all settle out. (sighs) It's tough to say. I, I used to be a little bit more obsessed with the, with the P&L game to game, I guess, years ago. But as time went on, and I guess when you see it on the other side and you see the consistency season after season, you really don't get – the only thing I care about, especially in these accounts, is do I have enough credit to make it back the same day? Do I have enough credit for them to keep hammering or else I have to pay down the account? So – so let's let's talk about the difference between professional trading. So the clients understand this. The in the perfect world, when I'm doing these numbers on video, and you're following Telegram channels, and you're following, and you're and you're, we're risking at most about fifty one percent over the available capital in account. So let's take Dave for instance, twenty nine eighteen and one on Saturday and Sunday. As I said on the YouTube video, I'm not going to go over the results. It doesn't matter. As I said on the YouTube video, 51.7% of the available capital was was risked. If you had $100, you were risking $51.70, just add zeros as the account goes up. So, But the way that the professional betting syndicates bet is they're not risking 51%. They're risking 100% of their money. Because in their mind, having that money, it doesn't matter if it's credit or real money, sitting in that account is a waste. It's unused capital. Am I correct, Mike? When you watch these accounts, Absolutely. they yeah. are literally maximizing the leverage where there is no available every day, correct? Correct. Well, more or less, I would say that's not the case right now during the week because of the low volume. But when you Still start seeing the high volume in. days. Yeah, it wouldn't even NBA. I mean, right now you're starting yeah, exactly. to see NBA. How trending. those NBA games do yesterday? By the way, I didn't even look. Didn't win, but that's again. Okay. Um, I could comfortably go on. I could comfortably go on and say we had a losing day in NBA. It's okay. I'm not sitting oh, no, no, here. I was just asking. I dwelling. didn't even look. I didn't, I didn't even get. Check no, the no. Scores. I'm just saying I haven't got a single text from a client because they get it. They understand. They're not over. They're not overbetting their accounts for a losing day is ever crippling. So, Whereas the so David just sent me another text. He's you know one of the sharpest clients that we have. He said for the mm-hmm. average person, and again we're not we want to keep it realistic. Obviously, not everybody's a six figure player. What do you say when the, somebody's calling to access the Telegram channel? I have a number in my mind, but I want to see what you say, Mike. What do you say they should have as discretionary capital set aside for their wagering trading business 
in a realistic manner because not everybody's a kingfish. Not everybody's Big Dave in Tampa that watches the game in the skybox with, uh, you know, all the movers and shakers and movie stars. There's a, you know, you get one of him out of a thousand clients. So let's be keep it to the real level. I mean, for Telegram, I wouldn't even take a client on unless they had at a minimum 5000 which is even on the low end as a bankroll right. to start because then they're again they're playing 2% per play which you know locks it in at 100 bucks a game. So if they can't which, at a minimum start trading with 100 per play it's the cost of the program versus the the financial gain you'll make is it needs to be at a minimum 100 a game a unit. When we say unit it's we don't structure our wagers based on strength. We don't have a unit betting system. We don't have star ratings. We don't have any of that. All we have is edges on mass volume. Everybody sticks to the same exact count for every game based on their financial stature. I mean, if they have 200,000 in their account, they're betting 2%. If they have 5,000 in their account, they're betting 2%. It just cha- And that changes daily obviously with your when your bankroll e- increases or even last night decreases you're still trading 2%. So if somebody's going to call me after they went 0 and 2 on a game where we got 3 points of the best number on the side and total and they bet more than 2%, it's their fault. I coach everybody the same way. I don't care if you're uh, extremely wealthy businessman that's got 10 businesses and is worth 20 million, or you're a guy starting out with an account in one of the legal states and has 5,000. I'm going to coach well, you let's exactly get the honest. same. Let, let, let's get honest. The clients that you have to train the most and advise the most are the clients that have the most money. I love them because they can pay the fees with no issue and no crying. But I mean, you know, and I know over the decades have been doing this, the guys that can afford to go what I call off the reservation and bet 50 other games on their own and whatever, uh, it, it, they're harder to keep in line. And most of those clients, if we ever lose them, we only lose them because they blow themselves out with their own games because there's this fine line between action and lack of action, which is why we have this, you know, this line in the sand. I'm looking at here, you know, eight games that you released, and, and we're going to get to those eight games in a second and how you arrived at that because you manage that. So let's, let's, let's move mm-hmm. on and let's talk about that. Dave has 47 games on his, on his Telegram channel where he's just mo- moving and getting the best of the number all through the week, and it winds up being 47 plays just for Saturday and Sunday. We're not even talking about he had way more games the entire week. Just for Saturday and Sunday. How do you arrive at eight games to be on – and obviously – either different games or all agree with what Dave has. Plus I'll let you answer. How do you come up with those eight games? What do you mean? On your mentorship program, you're talking, you had eight plays on Saturday and Sunday versus oh, oh, cause you're, just, you're talking about last week. So for the client I that mean, wants to understand the difference between low volume. So we and have volume. a bunch of different groups that are feeding us information and I get to see all of their actual trades in every single account. If those games align with what Dave is already on out of his 27 games on Saturday. Whichever games align on the same play, I feel extremely strong if the line is still available to the public at that minute to put it out to my clients as a consensus of all the groups. Why is that more efficient? 
I don't know at the end of the season which one will outperform the other. Both programs cost exactly the same from our sense. So if somebody wants low volume, it's more of a uh, – the way that I value I mean, it is, is the client looking for a couple games a day where he doesn't have to do much thinking or a lot of work? Fine. The guy that wants to do a lot of work that wants to sit there and bet every one of Dave's games could do the high volume. Either one is going to be beneficial, John. First of all, thank you, Cal. I just got your text message for the shout-out. I love when guys are texting me while I'm on the air, so thank you, Cal. Um, let's, let's, let's break that down. The high volume, so I'm going to just do it in units, Mike. The 29-18-1 yielded a unit profit of 10.4. So that means if you were betting 1,000 a game, you made 10,400 in those two days, just those two days. The eight games in those two days yielded a profit of 4.9 units, $1,000 better made 4,900. What I said on the YouTube video, which I still recommend people go back and watch, it's titled 76%, is the percentage return is going to always be higher on the low volume when the low volume wins, but the dollar amount's going to always be less. In normal financial trading, if I said to you, you have an opportunity to make 20% on your money versus you have an opportunity to make 56% on your money, most people are going to just innately take the 56%. Well, over a course of time, that would make sense if that was real. But the reality is because of variance and volatility, it's not real. That's just those two days captured in that situation you're always going to wind up making more money if you're high volume with a lower percentage because the percentage of the amount total that you're wagering, it's a lower return on your money, but the cash value is simple. So the question is, when you, have, when you go 6-1-1 one, and one on your eight games, as far as I'm concerned, that's like playing with fire. Your, 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 your weekend is on those eight games. You could easily go 0 and 8, correct, Mike? Sure. But let's Absolutely. talk about the 50. But let's talk about the 47 games. Statistically, is it e what's easier to go 0 and 8 or go 0 and 47? And that's what most people overlook when it comes to high volume versus low volume. They think it's riskier to bet more games. But the reality is it's a lot easier to go 1-0 than it is to go 10-0. But it's a lot harder to go 0-47 than it is to go 0-8. Can we agree on that? Right. So for all those listeners out there, I think fundamentally coming into the sports wagering game, because of the way the traditional marketing is set aside with the big game and the lock of the year and the game of the month. And, you know, like I said, I did one of these funny videos, and I don't talk about it much, but it is ridiculous. Guys, if you're a new player or you're an old player and you get a text message, you get an email, and a guy says, I have inside information on human beings running up and down the field throwing an oblong-shaped pigskin ball, I got a bridge to sell you. Because there's too much of this. Look at the game Mike was at. You're literally, since he's winning 17-16, and you're only talking about, what, a couple 20-yard runs that he breaks, which changes the complete outcome of the game because he, Tucker gets in a field goal territory. 
There's so many factors that are intangible. And this is why I poo-poo, Dave poo-poos, all professional betting syndicate crews poo-poo, traditional handicapping. I was on the phone with a client. I'm not going to say his name. You know who he is. He was and, um, this weekend. And he's I have a system, and I handicap, and I analyze, and the injury reports. And the, I'm, I'm looking at a Don Best screens uh, that I pay $500 a month for that's broadcasting live on my Don Best channel. It just says, Kentucky, QB, Will Levis, foot probable. I'm getting all that stuff in real time for $500 a month. That's $125 a week. You don't need to have programs to monitor real-time injury reports. This, is, this, this whole thing is just so overblown injuries, and I'm not saying that it doesn't affect, but it's baked into the line if there's enough time for the line to digest. I'm Look, I was on Pittsburgh last week as my free selection. I have a client, Matt, in Arizona. He's a Kansas City freak. We were discussing the Kansas City game on Monday night. I said, I really, if I was forced to play the game, I would play Oakland. I didn't put out a selection on the game because there was no information on the game. I said, this is a sandwich game. I said, I don't, need, I, don't need to, I don't need to know anything. I don't need to know who's playing. I don't need to know who's not playing. I just need to know that Kansas City is looking ahead for Buffalo. They are not going to bring their A game. And they didn't bring their A game. Yeah, they won the game, but they didn't bring their A game. And you can use a lot of free tactical uh, hypotheses to make bets on your own if you're not going to try to beat the closing line value. And so, you know, again, with that being said, you know, for all you guys that want to sit there and go online and see who the public's playing and see who the who's in and who's out and think that every player matters, how you think that Dave made 47 plays on Saturday and Sunday with that kind of dinosaur thinking? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, he the did, whole. He didn't. He could care less, right? He's not even looking at a player. Never once does he look at a player. That's it. Doesn't care about the players. Now, uh, let me say that again. In NBA, he, he cares care right if, before post time. In NBA, he cares he when, they, when they, they play games and they say. But he factors Harden's in. Harden's not a guy playing right. It's got tip. Even in football, if there's a guy that is on the fence, he factors that in with the spread. If he believes he still has an edge, certain guys. The books overvalue certain players. And he'll tell you when we talk about it in detail, he'll say, you know, for example, if Dak Prescott is out in the Philly game and he's going to play, he's worth two and a half points or he's worth one and a half on the road. Or he'll give you an exact to the, to the point of what he believes that value is of that player. Sometimes the books overvalue it. And in that sense, even if there's a question mark, he'll say even if he plays, we still have an edge on the game on a Tuesday. So he's not as much worried about it. And when NBA, he does, he also rolls the dice with price. And a lot of times, like we talk about it here, you have a backup in there and it really doesn't matter. And the game wins anyway. And people overvalue it. Oh, cause he wasn't playing. Well, there's still 21 other players on the team that are playing. It, you don't think it matters as much, especially if there's a decent backup quarterback and, and, Really, that's the catalyst for a big spread to change, obviously, in football. So, you know, football is a very unique sport where you have the ability to catch lines six days, five days in advance, 
versus basketball. It's day in and day out, and at most you have an overnight play, which we all know sometimes overnight lines, you can't get as much down as you can the day of. So right now it's a the, – the business is morphing with more opportunities now that NHL started, now that NBA is going to start here in a couple of days, less than a week away. And then college basketball is right around the corner. I mean, there's so many daily opportunities if you're able to monitor it and follow it to be very successful. Now, the guy that's going to wake up Saturday morning and he's going to get in his car and drive over to the casino and sit there all day and eat and bet, that guy is only, his only success at doing this long term has to be that he's a lucky person. If he's got luck on his side, he could possibly come out of it successful. But most people, if they start off cold, they press. When I say most people, most gamblers, they lose the first couple in the day, they're pressing to break even, and that's what can get them into a very rough spot. And we do the same thing with, with guys that have you know, online accounts. We'll win for them. We'll call them on Monday and go over the totals. Well, Mike, oh, man. I had a bad weekend. What did you do? Well, I drank a little too much Friday night and I played blackjack in my online account and lost everything. Why'd you do it? I don't know. It's my fault. Understandably so. We don't have to name names on the air, but I say, I get it. Mistakes happen. Let's just stick to it and don't do it again. A week later, hey, Mike, did it again. It's like, when are you going to learn that you can't win with online blackjack. I mean, that's literally the worst odds in history of any single bet that you can make. I've literally I mean, at had least my man, is, at least my man D drives to the casino and plays baccarat in person. He knows that he sees the, a dealer right in front of him. I had a client tell me this, um, who was an agent at one point. He said, with these online sports books, and I'm not talking about. You know, you're, you're not betting at a, at a legit sports book where it's like FanDuel or DraftKings. I'm talking about the offshore PPH sites. Right, he right, literally right. told me, he goes, yeah, we let the player win the first eight hands on purpose, and then we blocked <laughs> the algorithm. I'm like, that's really real? You could actually – he goes, absolutely. I'm like, I can't believe people actually play those things. It's like any client I talk to that has an account, I say, turn it off, where they don't even have the ability to play it. So right. I hate it. Our business is, you know, we're always have a red dot on us because the bookmakers don't want to see us succeed. They want that general recreational better coming in there with no knowledge and his own opinion to just freely bet an open market with no actual system. And we, we teach the opposite. We don't want you to bet the open market. We want you to be disciplined. And the ones that get it are the ones, listen, the guys that get it are the ones that are texting you right now that are listening to the show every single week, not looking for a selection that's going to make them money tonight, but looking well, to. On that, on that note, we have, to get, we have to give out Dave's selection. He messaged us and said he was unavailable, but he wanted to make sure his yep, selection was out. Go ahead. You out. can give it out. Um, it's the same team that I had last week. He is taking the Pittsburgh Steelers at home against Tampa Bay. He didn't give me a reason. He didn't give me a why. He said. Pittsburgh Steelers at home is his play. I mean, I don't want to speak for him, but I'm imagining that he expects that line to come down. It is over seven. You're getting the home team dog. I mean, I was very disappointed with the play. And again, when I say disappointed, 
was I really? No, it just sounds good on radio. I didn't watch one play, but clients were texting me of how Pittsburgh just got ran over by Buffalo. What is interesting before we get to your free selection and my free selection is what do you think of the Buffalo game? I already gave one out. I'll give it out again, but I already gave one out. Oh, the Giants, the Giants, Giants, Giants. Yeah, the Giants. What do you think of the Buffalo minus two and a half at KC after watching them both play last week? Obviously, KC had a Monday night game. It's a short week. Buffalo had a cakewalk against Pittsburgh. And then what do you think about Philly 5-0 undefeated at home laying three on Sunday night against America's team six lane six. Lane What's six. That? The Philly game. Six. Is six. You're right. I'm sorry. I was looking at the first half. Um, what do you yeah, think so about? I'm just curious on what you think about that. Well, I'll start with, I'll start with your second one first. Um, Philly has been a powerhouse this season. Um, but again, don't overlook the divisional game. I know Dak Prescott's not playing. Cooper Rush is going to be back at it again. But their defense is so strong that I could see them keeping it a three-point game the entire game. I just I, – obviously, I don't have a play on this game, so I don't truly have an opinion yet. I'm going to wait to see the possibly if this line can get to seven. I'll be all over Dallas. But right now, just from a you know an opinion standpoint, I think that Dallas will keep it close simply because of their defense. They're that good. The fact is that they're that good on the season so far without their franchise quarterback shows that they have a very, very good team, which which means that Philly could easily keep it close. I mean, I wouldn't be even surprised if Dallas won the game outright. I wouldn't be surprised if the Sharps come in on a Dallas money line. I mean, that's the type of edge that I think Dallas can produce in this game because Philly, so far in the first four weeks, has played a very soft schedule. They haven't played any good defenses yet. So I, I would be on that side if I were to just give you a, a, an opinion. And then on to, obviously, the game of the week. This is coming from the big-time game that we were watching the previous year when we were, you know, you remember one of our good friends, Mike, that was absolutely going insane in the playoffs when they were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, shout out to the late Brian Blessing. We thought this was that was his year uh, during the passing that we thought the Bills could actually get over the hump and win that big game. But w- what a phenomenal game. Offensive powerhouse. Do I think it's going to be another offensive game like that? I, I think so, but we always talk about this year in and year out. When we think it's going to be an offensive shootout, it becomes not. And, uh, I mean, how could you not take the home team? I mean, that, that's really, I think, going to be the deciding factor in this game. I like Kansas City getting the points at home. I think they're very talented across the board. And, again, if I see three at any point, or the Sharps, I think Sharps are going to move on three, getting three at home. When we've seen Buffalo on the road as a much different team than at home, a la the Ravens comeback win. So if you were to, again, from an opinion standpoint, it has not been a selection, I'll take the three at home if I can get it with Kansas City. Well, I'm going to go back to the Baltimore Ravens winning quarterback, and I'm going to grab the seven with the Jets. Giants. Against Green Bay. No. Oh, well, you're Packers. that Oh, he's no, not no. even the, the starter The Ravens anymore, winning. Oh, see, I don't even know. That's how much Zach I Zach Wilson. I still – 
I'm taking the Jets plus the seven line is way too I like high. The Jets getting the seven. All that Agreed. Rogers, blah blah. They got they did nothing in London. We watched that game. Didn't impress me. He doesn't impress me. The highest paid quarterback in the NFL does not impress me. Um, the Jets are currently three and two. Have you lost? ATS. Have you lost a free play yet in the first five weeks? I did. I lost Pittsburgh. I lost Pittsburgh last week. Oh, you lost your first one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get you mm-hmm. off the schnei and get you back into the wind column with the Jets. We're, okay. Jets plus the seven. Obviously higher, it's better. Six and a half, I don't like it. So that's my cutoff. Seven is my free play. But as we know, this is just for fun for the radio. The real stuff is on the Telegram channels. If you guys want to learn how to treat the wagering as a business, you can hit Mike up on Instagram at VR underscore Mike Safer, S-A-F-I-R. I won't say it with the Ukrainian accent. And, um, you know, what, what else Mikhail, do we have to say? Mikhail. It's really Mikhail, but you call me yeah. Michael. Mikhail Safralowski. No, I'm just joking. No, no, no. But so our friend Cal just is very, very happy. He said, you are my best friend for taking the Chiefs. He's a huge Chiefs fan, and he saw three Uh-oh. and grabbed it. Cal. Wow. I love it. Oh, hey, I love the that's, three. That's before the game. That Hopefully, he's still our best friend after the game. Right, 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 right. No, but it, like I said, you know, I don't really see that. Like, the Ravens game, it, it'll be interesting. The schedule, there's not a lot. There's no double-digit favorites this week, which is something that Dave likes to can. The highest-priced play is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road at Pittsburgh. That's it. Nothing even approaches 9, 10, et cetera, et cetera. So it's one of those back to those almost 50% weeks. The music will be starting soon. But like I said, you know, we're going to get in the NBA. NBA starts on October 18th, regular season. NHL started yesterday. I'm going to be launching an underdog NHL channel. I'm going to be using some systems that I've been working on with some groups. Not quite the same as uh, baseball, which is – uh, working great for decades. Baseball is different. Dogs win 40% of the time in baseball. Favorites win 70% of the time in hockey. So it makes it much harder to just be a full-on dog hockey player. But again, never lay those stupid big prices in hockey. You will get bashed in weekly, just like you would if you played them in uh, baseball the entire season. And maybe uh, next year we can get the the Orioles to move into the playoffs. What do you think, Mike? Listen, they have everybody in Most place. Most profitable team in baseball. We had a good run at it. I think they have a great farm system. I just hope we keep some of these guys and these young guys and they could, you know, parlay their, their run this year into starting it off. Because we just had too much of a, you know, we, yep. we were too far and behind the, and, early in the season. And before the music starts, as we all know, Buffalo, I mean, hockey was Brian's sport. He would even say, never lay these stupid prices, 290 on Carolina, 250 on Toronto, 410 on Colorado. They're just crazy compared to baseball. People that do that, just I don't even know how they even bring wake up in the morning and have any profits whatsoever. Sports Insider Radio.com.